Well, good morning, everybody. Well, it's good to be here this morning. Uh, greetings from Meadowbrook Church. And uh, the leadership says a big hello. And uh, it's always great to come and partner with other churches and what God is doing in the community that we live in. Uh, my name is Mesh, as I was introduced, and I'm the lead pastor at Meadowbrook. And we've been in Alberta. We moved from Alberta to Leamington about a year ago uh, to take the position here at Meadowbrook. So, again, it's really good to be here. What a full morning. Uh, you've got membership transfers, you've got folks going on the mission field, a potential job hire. Amazing. And these are great things to be celebrating as a church. Now, I don't know Gerard Newfeld, but that picture I saw him in, he's a sharp dresser. <laughs> so that reason alone, you should vote him in, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, My name is Mesh, like I said, and Mesh is not my full name. My full name is actually Ramesh. Can you all say Ramesh? Ramesh. Try that one more time, Ramesh. Not bad for a bunch of white people. You did all right. You did all right. Uh, I go by Mesh because it's hipper and cooler, and at my age, I need all the help I can get. And uh, I was not always known as Mesh or Ramesh. Uh, years ago, and I grew up in Vancouver, uh, we were living on the east side of Vancouver, pretty rough area of town, and my dad decided it's time for us to move, and we left, and we moved to another part of, of Vancouver. And I started attending a school there. And it was an open area school where everybody got connected in the big classrooms. And you know when you go to a new school back in those days? I don't think they do that so much these days. But they would bring you to the front of the classroom and introduce you. And that's what they did. The teacher would bring me up. And the, the class was hustling and bustling. There's a lot of noise going on. And the teacher introduced me. Hey, everybody, say hi to Ramesh. Everybody kind of turned to me for a quick boo and kept doing their thing, right? No big deal. I thought it's all good. So I'm walking down the hallway. And people are trying to be friendly to me. And they're saying this to me. They're actually calling me this, saying, Hi, Grimace. Hi, Grimace. Good to meet you, Grimace. I'm like, okay, first of all, if you don't know who Grimace is, let me show you right now. Oh, oh, I'm having issues here. <laughs> That's Grimace. Now, do I look like anything like that? I hope not. So they're calling me Grimace the whole day long. My dad comes to pick me up from school. And people are saying all goodbye to me. See you later, Grimace. See you later. And my dad in his Fijian accent would say, why do they call you Grimace? Well, and I'm upset, obviously, because they're making fun of my name. They didn't mean any harm. That's just how it turned out. So I go back to school. But I thought in my head, I'll go back to the school. I brought my hockey stick along because a lot of the guys were playing hockey. So I'm going to the school, and they're so calling me Grimace, et cetera, et cetera. And we get to the to recess time, and they're picking teams. And you know how they pick teams back in the day? You line up on the fence, and they probably still do that today. And they're picking teams, and I was on the fence waiting for my turn, and I'm the newbie at the school. And one of the guys there, his name is Tony, he pointed directly at me, and he said, we'll take Mark. <laughs> and I'm looking around going, who's Mark? And it was me. And all of a sudden, I went from Ramesh to Grimace to Mark, all in a matter of like 48 hours. My whole heritage is completely destroyed at this point. My parents come pick me up, and everybody's saying goodbye to me. See you later, Mark. See you later, Mark. And they're just horrified as to what's going on. That night, actually, one of the guys from school called me, and uh, he asked for me specifically, asking for Mark, because they wanted me to play hockey. My mom hung up, thought it was a prank call. It was all done. I share that story with you because, uh, and I am no way comparing myself to the Apostle Paul, but he was a gentleman 
that went through a name change, didn't he? Uh, when he came to Christ. And there's some amazing things that happened to him. And I can identify with the name change, but I can also identify by the journey that God put the Apostle Paul on. Now, if you have your Bible, your device, or whatever you're using, I'm going to be in Acts chapter 26 today, uh, going through different parts of uh, that particular story. And uh, so I'm going to be reading out Acts 26, verses 9 to 11. So let's start right there. And this is before Paul had known Christ, before he came to Jesus. This is what it says in the Word. I, too, was convinced... That I to do all things that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priest, I put many saints in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. In my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. Now here's a picture of a man that absolutely hated people that followed Christ. He was so belligerently against these folks, he would go out of their way, he would go out of his way to find them and punish them and to hurt them. And this is all before he came to know Christ. And it's amazing to me that this gentleman, Paul, and we could argue that he was one of the greatest missionaries when you look at Scripture. He did some incredible things in the name of Christ. And what was his life like before he met Jesus? It was a terrible life. He was against the people of the way, as the Bible talks about he went out of his way to hurt folks like that. Now, as we come here this morning, I want us to ask yourselves a question about your story and your journey with Jesus. Ask yourself the question, what was your life before you came to Christ? Now, you might say, well, I don't remember. I accepted Christ when I was at camp or I was really young. Maybe ask yourself the question, has your life changed and does it have meaning in terms of building the kingdom today when you think about your faith journey? I also don't want to make any assumptions this morning to think that everybody here this morning knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If you've come here today and you're still searching at what it means to follow Christ, I encourage you to stay on that journey and ask the Holy Spirit to continue to show you what it means to follow him. Now, as you think about your life before you came to Christ, what was it like? I recognized my life before I found Jesus. I was a practicing Hindu until I was 14 years old, and that's my background. My parents uh, still practice to this day. Uh, my mom was just alive. My dad passed away in March of this year. And in my parents' home, there's altars all over the house. You could walk into the house and you could cut the spiritual tension with a knife. That's how thick it is. So I practiced Hinduism until I was 14 years old. And I remember going through all different rituals. We'd go to different temples, etc. We were required to do certain things within the context of this religion. And I remember one day going to my mom. I said, you know, Mom, I can appreciate where you're from and your heritage and the things that you believe in. But I'm really sensing that this is not for me. I am not enjoying this. I find like it's just something that is very empty to me. And that was a big deal for me to say that to my family. Uh, because as the youngest son of my family, I was encouraged to carry the mantle of spirituality in my family. But I decided, you know what? I can't do this anymore. So I walked away from religion altogether. I was done. I was done with anything uh, that had to do with any sort of God. And I started to go down this journey on my own. But something happened in my life. And there's a lot of cool things that happened in my life. And the same thing happened to the Apostle Paul. He went from hating Christians uh, to having this misunderstanding of who Jesus was. And something amazing happened to him as well. And we're reading Acts chapter 26 again, verses 12 to 18. And this is a great idea and a great story of who Christ is and what he can do. On one of these journeys, and this is what he's saying to somebody, I was going to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priests. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. 
We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Is it hard for you to kick against the goats? Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I appear to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you've seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from power of Satan to God so they may receive forgiveness of sin and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. What an incredible journey this man is on. Jesus meets him on the road and says, Paul, so what are you doing? Why are you persecuting my people? And here he has this unbelievable experience. And, and he asks him very specifically, he says, Lord, who are you? And he says, Jesus, I am Jesus. And his life was changed there. And when I came, before I came to Christ, I was doing things that weren't great. I had lived a very dark life. Uh, I had some people in high school that were Christians, and I used to make fun of them because I just thought they... Uh, weren't very nice people, uh, and I would go out of my way to, uh, to make fun of Christians in high school. And I, I can really recognize this story because I look at it in my own life, and I look at how Jesus connected with my spirit and how I met Christ. So after I graduated from high school, I was looking at my life, and I realized I was going nowhere quick. I only had a few options in my life, and they weren't very good. Uh, so I uh, I decided that I needed to make a change. So one day, a friend of mine, and this will date me a little bit, uh, we were going to a Whitney Houston concert. What does that tell you? And uh, he encouraged me to meet him at his church. I said, sure, why not? So I walked into the church, they were having a potluck, and I remember very vividly how nice these people were. And there's something about them. There's something different about them. And so we went to the concert, and I asked a lot of questions about his church, and he asked me to come by the church one day. I said, sure, I'll give it a shot. Now, recognize this. Uh, I could not tell my family that I was attending a church. I could, ne I could never do that, ever. And so I started to go to this church, and uh, as I, I began to attend there, uh, I saw something not just different in these people's lives, but I recognized that this God that they are worship is unbelievable and felt so true into my heart. Now remember, I went from Hinduism, where I was practicing, where I felt like I was uh, worshiping a wall. I felt like there's no connection relationally whatsoever. And now I, here I am in a church where people are not just engaging in worship, but there's something different about them, that the Holy Spirit was moving in their lives. And so I decided. I decided that uh, I'm going to give my life to Christ, and that's what I did. And I accepted Christ, and I began attending a, a Baptist church in Vancouver, and that was a tremendous, tremendous experience. Uh, but what I recognized was that there was a difference in my life in that moment because something had changed within me. And as you think about your life, and you think about how you met Christ and what has your life been like since you met Jesus. And I hope and pray that your life has been different because the Spirit of God should be changing us from the inside out and we should be living an adventure for the kingdom that is so different than anything else out there. And there should be a passion and a joy and a sense of peace and hope as we follow Christ and we share Jesus with other people in this fallen world that we live in. Now when I met Jesus and I gave my life to Christ, I had to tell my parents what I had done. And I remember going home, and it wasn't that day, but it was a week or so later, and I told my parents, I said, Mom and Dad, I appreciate everything you're doing for me, and I appreciate what you're believing in, but I accepted Christ, and I became a Christian. And they threw a big party for me, there was a parade, there was a huge celebration, I wish that was the case. My mom and dad looked at me, and they said, son, and they said it not so kindly, but they said it this way, son, you're dead to us. You need to leave the house. 
And so they kicked me out of their home, and I left. And I packed a small bag, and I slept in a car that I owned, and I slept on friends', friends couches uh, for a couple of weeks, called couch surfing. And that's what I did for a couple of weeks. But I knew I couldn't do this anymore. I had to make a decision to go back to my family because I could not live with my friends forever. And so I went back to the house, and I said, Mom and Dad, I can appreciate where you're coming from, but I need to come home. And they said, okay, you can come back on a few conditions. And these conditions were simply this. You cannot talk about Jesus. We don't want to see your Bible. If you can do any of those things, you do that in your bedroom. And that was it. And I said, I'll live with that. I'm good with that. And yet there's a tension in our family because of the decision I had to make to follow Christ. Now, as you think about your life, do you remember your life before Christ? And do you remember your life today, what it's like to follow Jesus? See, I believe this, that when we follow Jesus, it should cost us something. It's going to cost us something. The Bible says that we should take up our cross daily and to follow Jesus. And that's something we're called to do. Now, the Apostle Paul, again, we read Acts 26, verses 19 to 20. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. First of those in Damascus, then those in Jerusalem and all of Judea, and to the Gentiles also. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove the repentance by their deeds. Now, let's go back for a second. Here's this man who went from, we hate Christians, I will do anything I can to destroy their lives. He has an experience to meet Jesus, and now he is preaching the word of God so others would know the truth of Christ. Unbelievable, isn't it? See, what's encouraging about this story is this, that Jesus uses this man who went out of his way to hate the church, and yet God met him and visited him and used him tremendously to build a kingdom. That gives me hope. As a broken, fallen man who stumbles towards heaven every single day to know that I don't have it all together, and yet God can still use me to further his kingdom. And I hope that encourages you as well. Because you know what? You guys have a story. We all have a story that matters. And if you have given your life to Christ, your story matters. Your story absolutely matters. And you got to recognize that your testimony matters. It doesn't matter how you came to faith. It was a camp. You knelt beside your bed when you were eight or nine years old. You came to faith as a young adult or later on. It doesn't matter how you came to faith. The fact is that you came to Christ. See, I think one of the lies we believe in in the church is that our testimony has to be all about the Hollywood moment. That moment where I turned my back on all these bad things and I met Jesus. See, I don't think that's true because your story matters just like my story matters. And as we're all in different backgrounds here in this church this morning, we all have diversity. But what's unbelievable if you call yourself a Christ follower is that the author and the perfecter of your faith and my faith is Jesus. And that's the bottom line. See, you don't have to have this flashy testimony to make a difference. Because you are going to connect with people that I am not going to be able to connect with. Your story is going to make a difference in someone's life that my story may not make the difference with. And as you think about your story and how you came to faith, and with the journey you have on with Christ now, what is your life like? Because I will say this to you, that our friends and our family, they are interested in our story. We need to recognize that. There might be a part of your story that they can relate to. There might be something that they can see and go, wow, I didn't know that happened to you. Because what if you're going through a financial hard, hardship right now? What if you're going through some tough times with your health or something else in relationships? And at the end of that journey, as you got through the other side, 
as you survive, even though you might be a little broken up and beaten up a little bit, what do you say to people? Well, people ask you, how did you get through that time in your life? There is an opportunity for us to point to Jesus. That's why we've made it through. Not of anything I can do, not anything you can do, but it's because of God's faithfulness that we can make it through the other side of going through the grinder of life. See, our story matters because there's going to be parts of your story that your friends and your family are going to identify with. And they can relate to it. And they can understand it. Now, it doesn't mean they believe what you believe, but it gives an opportunity to plant the seeds as the Holy Spirit leads you. And what's amazing about your story and my story, you can't argue against it because it happened to you. You're a life-breathing person whose testimony is all over you through the power of the Spirit, and God is using you. Nobody can ever take that away from you. And that is a tremendous thing to think about as Jesus uses you to further his kingdom. See, I think it's imperative for us as we think about our stories to share it and to share it with joy and to share it with hope that we can give other people. See, my father passed away in March. He died of a heart attack. I've been praying for my, pa- my family since I was 21 years old to come to faith. I'm 46 years old today. And four days before my dad passed away, I had an opportunity to go visit him in the hospital in Vancouver. I spent about a week out there. He gave his life to Christ. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I praise God for that so much. And I miss him, absolutely. My mom misses him dearly. And now I'm praying for my mom. I continue to do that and my other family members that don't know Christ. And when I tell my dad, and when I told my dad about my story and how I used to be and what God has done in my life, he was blown away by that. And I've told him this many years ago. And my mom as well. And I always point back because it isn't anything I've done. It's all because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you share your story, now I can't see what goes on in the spiritual world, but I can say this. I believe this. When we share our story and we talk about the faithfulness of who God is, you are planting seeds that you may never see come to fruition. But the Holy Spirit is watering those seeds. And people will come to a faith understanding of who Christ is in their life. Now, what's amazing about Paul, as he came near the end of his life, and you read in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, just read a couple verses to you, and this is what he says, verses 12 to 17. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me the strength that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord has poured out me abundantly, along with the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus, now let's capture this right here. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and forever. Amen. Now here's the Apostle Paul calling himself the chief of sinners, the worst of all. And yet, God used him miraculously to do incredible things for his kingdom. Now there are times before I get out of bed, before it's 9 a.m., I've already blown my day. I'm like, Lord, it's not even 9 this morning, and I've already blown it. Whether it's my attitude or my thoughts or whatever the case may be. 
But the beautiful thing about God and his mercy and his grace is simply that, that we receive grace and mercy because of who he is. And God can ultimately use us to further his kingdom. Paul goes on to say in Galatians 2, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Then life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself to me. And again in 2 Corinthians, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, and the old is gone, and the new has come. Friends, if you call yourselves a Christ follower, your life has changed because of Jesus, and you are a creation. And my hope and prayer is that you're living in such a way that you believe that, and you're not living any of the lies that the enemy of our soul tries to shoot at us on a day-to-day basis. But we are living in a way that will glorify God's kingdom and so other people can see that we love Christ. And people will ask us those questions. Why do you do what you do? Why do you have a great attitude? Why is it in the midst of your life, which is chaotic, you have a sense of peace and hope that I've never seen before? Well, let me tell you why. It's because of Christ. See, oftentimes we think of our story, we've got to stand up in a church like this or give our full testimony. That's not the case. We just need to talk about what God has done in our life and what he's doing in our life today. And those stories that we have will be able to open doors to further conversation about Jesus and the life difference he can make. Our world needs Christ, and you know that. You've heard that from the church for years but how many do believe that? How many of us live in such a way that we understand that people in my life need Jesus? Because I think sometimes in the church, if we're being really honest, we can fall asleep at the wheel, can't we? We can take for granted our faith. We can forget how passionate it was back in the day. We forget the difference God can make in our life. And we go through the motions of faith. We come to church every Sunday. We do our devotionals every day. We worship. We give. We volunteer. But there's something missing in our spirit. And there's a disconnect between ourselves and with Jesus. And if you are that person this morning, if you have come to church today and you're that person that is just going through the motions of faith, the motions of life, and you're barely hanging on to your faith, I would encourage you and say this to you. God is not done with you yet. Absolutely not. And I encourage you to tell somebody what you're going through. Because the more people we can get along in our circle of life, they can come along and say to us, you know what, it's okay what you're going through. They can spur us on, as scripture talks about, the more we're going to make this journey together. See, I think sometimes in a church we keep our faith so much to ourselves that we're afraid to share our weaknesses. We're afraid to share our struggle. And the Bible says very clearly that in our weaknesses, what happens? God gets glorified. And as you think about your story and the difference it can make in people's lives, please understand this. Your friends are interested in what you have to say about Jesus. They really are. They may come across like, oh, come on, man. Jesus again? But there's something going on in the spirit because you are a testimony for who Christ is in your life. Now, I know the church and and following Jesus is not an easy journey. I get that. I understand that wholeheartedly. You look at the Bible. And there's men and women in there that sacrificed so much for God's kingdom. It was not an easy journey. And it's not easy for us today. Absolutely not. But the beautiful thing of the church is when we come together and we stand shoulder to shoulder 
and we encourage each other, no matter where we live in Leamington or the surrounding area, what church we attend, but we're having the mindset that we're going to build the kingdom of God together. There are some unbelievable things that can happen. See, I believe this. When we share our stories, uh, if we decided to start doing that more often, if we had this idea of sharing our story, what would take place? I think some incredible things would take place. I think more people would understand who Christ is. I think more people come to faith because we're sharing our story. Often we'll say, well, people will just know I'm a Christian by the way I live. Well, let's be honest. I don't live that well all the time, and neither do you. And that's okay because of God's grace. And sometimes we say, well, I'll just let my actions dictate what I'm going to do with the faith. We need to use words. We just got to use words. And if we can somehow take away the scariness, the scariness of sharing the gospel with people, and just relate it to our own personal journey, what God's been doing it, I will say this to all of us. It will become so much easier. See, evangelism is a scary word, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's a scary word. Because we feel like we're not equipped enough, we're not good enough, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I love talking to people about Jesus. I just love doing it. Now, if they say no to me or reject me, I don't take it personally. I just know that I planted a seed and I let, you know what's beautiful? The Holy Spirit does the rest. Amen? See, we let ourselves off the hook, don't we, a little bit, but all we're called to do is be brave enough, obedient for that little minute or 10 seconds of whatever it's going to take, and boom, seeds are planted, and God takes care of the rest. See, that's the beautiful thing about your story, friends. Your story matters. Your story absolutely matters. And don't let Satan or anybody else tell you otherwise. One of my favorite parts of Scripture is Acts 4, and this is what it says. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could not see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. See, my favorite part of this scripture is simply this. Unschooled, ordinary men. Unschooled, ordinary people. And what happens? God uses them. A man was healed because of Peter and John. See, we are unschooled, ordinary people. I don't care how many degrees you have, how many letters you have behind your name, what salary you make, what your job title is. It means nothing. And what I mean by that is simply this. In the eyes of Christ, we are broken people, full of grace and mercy and forgiveness that comes through the power of the cross. And because of that hope, we can go and share the hope of Christ with other people. Because you know people in your life that you've been praying for for years to come to faith. You have people in your life that you wonder what's really going on in the spiritual world with them. Please don't give up. Please do not give up praying for them and being the salt and light that you can be in their life. See, in my family, I was the, I'm the only Christian in my entire family. Sisters, cousins, everything. And I've been mocked by them for a long time. But in the end of the day, and this isn't pressure I put on it, but I look at it like this. What if I'm the only Christ follower they know and I have opportunity to plant seeds? Now, I don't put pressure on that. I simply say, am I using the gifts that God has given me to further his kingdom in the context of where he placed us? Now, as we talk about this and this idea of sharing the gospel with people, the Bible says this, you will receive power, power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. 
Unbelievable, isn't it? That we have the power through the Holy Spirit. And this is nothing on what I can do or what you can do. As we wrap this up, as we think about your story, as you think about going into this world today, friends, your story makes a huge difference. It really does. And if God has put on your heart that you need to share your story or a part of your journey with somebody that may not believe in Jesus because you're afraid of what they might say or do, I encourage you to follow through and keep doing it and just do it. Just plant those seeds and see what God can do. Now, if you've come this morning again, as I mentioned, if you are still trying to figure out who God is in your life, how does Jesus fit into your life? You need to talk to somebody about that as well. Talk to some of the pastors here. Talk to other leaders here. Talk to somebody you came with that might be a friend of yours. So you can understand that the greatest decision you will ever make is give your life to Christ. See, I made, I made that decision when I was 21. I don't regret that decision at all. Has my life been difficult? Absolutely. There's been times where I just kind of go, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this day. I'm going to need some power and some help. But at the end of the day, when I reflect back on my journey and what I've come out of, and many of you in the same circumstance, many of you have experienced the same ideas, but look at the difference that Christ has made in your life. And I encourage you to, to continue to spur each other on, uh, to build the kingdom together. Now, I know we're going to wrap it up, and I believe I'm praying here, and I think we're dismissing you guys after that. Before I do that, I want to spend a little bit of time in prayer. I want to say this to y'all. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what's going on in your spirit. And I said this earlier, and I want to say it before we wrap up here. If you have just lost that hope, that light of faith in your spirit is just, and it's causing you to make decisions that those circumstances of those decisions and the consequences of the decisions are going to be huge, I encourage you to talk to someone. See, the reason I bring that up is simply this, because sometimes when we are going through a faith crisis, we take it out on other people in our life. It can be in our marriages. It can be in our, our relationships with our kids, with our family, our moms and dad, whoever else. Don't give up hope. But people can't come alongside unless you share something. So before you leave today, if that's you, it's just one of you today, that's still progress. Go talk to someone. You can talk to me, you can talk to someone else. Because friends, I'm going to wrap this up by simply saying this, your story matters because we're in the church. And the church matters because our world needs Christ. Your neighbor needs Jesus. The people you work with needs Jesus. Your family members need Jesus. And I believe this wholeheartedly. And the Apostle Paul said it himself. I believe that I'm, a, I'm one of the worst sinners as well. But the beautiful part of that is, in spite of that, God's grace and mercy and his power can use us to do incredible things for the kingdom. And that, to me, is exciting. It's an adventure. The Christian life is not meant to be boring at all. So are you engaging in your faith? Are you taking those risks that God's calling you out to do so other people can hear your story? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're grateful for this morning. We're grateful for this church. We're thankful for every person that's here today. And Jesus, you know exactly where everybody is this morning. And I pray, Father, that you would come. You would remind us of the hope that comes in you, Lord, the hope that comes in you, Jesus, that, that hope we can give to other people. Thank you that we are changed people because of you. Thank you that we can claim that we are sons and daughters that belong to you. That your sacrifice on the cross, that your resurrection and your return 
is so part of our journey, and it gives us hope every day. Lord, for those who've come this morning that are trying to figure out what it means to follow you, what it means to, to give their lives to you, Jesus, I pray you'd give them courage today to recognize that it's the greatest decision they can ever make. They simply need to call out, believe in their heart and call with their mouth. They believe in you, that you are the Son of God, and they would have a relationship with you. And Jesus, for those who have come today, they're on the cusp of wanting to give up and to walk away or just going through the motions. In the name of Jesus, I pray now that you would reignite them, give them a passion and a joy, give them mercy and forgiveness in the spirit to know it's okay that we can pick ourselves up through your power, Lord. Thank you for this church and everybody that attends here, for folks that are part of the staff and the leaders and the elders. And we ask Jesus, you bless each one and use this church to be an unbelievable light and beacon in this community around Leamington and the surrounding area we live in. Again, thank you for each one that's come today. And Lord, whatever they're dealing through, whatever's going on, I pray in the name of Jesus, you'd make the burden light and give them the hope and the joy and the peace that comes with you. Father, I know we're stumbling towards heaven every day, but I thank you that we can keep our eyes on you, and Lord, we're going to be okay. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, have a great Sunday. Blessings.